Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Five Tool Podcast. I'm Dustin McComas, joined once again as always by Drew Bishop. It is Thursday, November 30th. Uh, we hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. This is episode 135. Yeah, I've already done 134 of these bad boys. And we are brought to you by Hitforth, the high-tech development center that produces pound for pound the most powerful and complete hitters in the state. Uh, located here about 15 minutes from my house in Austin, Texas. And this is a fantastic time of the year. There's not a bad time of the year, but this is an especially good time of the year to uh, go check out Hit Forth, get a hitting assessment, get a, um, you know, check out the program, see what they're going, what they're doing there. Like these are when, you know, when the fall season stops and everything kind of shuts down in the winter as we approach the spring season. Uh, this is when a lot of gains can be made. And in Central Texas, there's not a better place on the hitting side than Hitforth. H-I-T-F-O-R-T-H.com. Uh, you can follow them on Twitter and Instagram at Hitforth as well. Uh, dig in there. They've got the, the data. They've got the objective measurements. They've got the examples of, of really, really big time improvement um, from people that go there. And my favorite thing is they hold, them, hold themselves accountable with the data. And it's also very personalized development as well. Like they really fine tune a program on the strength and conditioning side and the hitting development side for each player. Um, it's it's really detailed, full-time employees. that That's all they're doing is thinking about how to get their guys better. So go check those guys out at hitforth.com. Uh, Drew, how you doing? How was Thanksgiving? You know, it's, as you know, the holidays with, with two little people, it's, uh, they're much different than they were six, seven, eight years ago. Yeah. Um, we went down to Austin. Uh, my in-laws live in San Antonio, but brother-in-law is in Austin. So we, we actually stayed in Austin and just drove down to San Antonio for the day, but three nights in a hotel with two little ones. Um, not easy. We made it. No. Um, and we spent a lot of time at my brother-in-law's house who they have a one-year-old uh girl so she's three months older than our one-year-old uh but it was interesting because you know i you hear it and but i got to see it a lot like i guess at that stage at girls are just i don't want to say easier but they're different they yes they're a lot they they don't require as much attention uh from a oh my gosh they're gonna kill themselves somehow standpoint and um my brother-in-law was uh, in for a rude awakening. I mean, by the time we left, they were spent. Like he was like, how do you do this every day? Um, but cause he, you know, his, his little, his little girl, my niece, you can just put her down and in, in the room and she'll play. And, you know, but our boys are bouncing off the walls. They never stop. The three-year-old that Koi doesn't start out, stop asking questions ever. So it's, it's taxing. Um, mm. and they were definitely, uh, their eyes were opened. Um, so yeah, but we made it, um, got to eat a lot, watched a lot of football. So can't ever complain when that's the, that's the majority of a weekend. Yeah. I, I feel like we're probably this time next year might be in a little bit of an easier boat because the older one will be at an age where it's like, all right, I don't have to worry about you like acting a fool, needing attention nonstop. Like Jack's favorite words right now, like, hey, dad, watch this. 
or hey mama <laughs> watch this it's like oh man 95 times a day like i'm looking over and and um so yeah i feel like one more you know it'll be the older one will be all right he'll kind of be navigating things on his own for the most part and then it'll just be the younger one um that we're worrying about so hope everybody had a good thanksgiving and, and survived and yeah now just getting ready for uh getting ready for christmas right around the corner do it again <laughs> yeah. yeah do it do it all again uh for probably a few more days and, and, and more intensive process with more people but um well today's episode we are going to go through our debut of the 2025 five tool texas 55 it's our initial list of the top 55 players in the state of texas um if you missed our coverage go to five tool.org we've got a story about the top 10 a story about the next half of the list and then the final part of the list and also a full story about the next 55 guys which we'll talk about on another podcast full reports on those guys. And then I think about 35 more players that didn't make either list, but uh, really interesting players that could in the future make the list or just guys to uh, to follow along with. But uh, it's, it's a, as always, it's a really deep year in the state of Texas. Um, In particular at the top, I think the top is, is really, really strong, Um, especially relative to some recent years. You know, we were talking before and, and I even wrote this, like, Tried to make it as clear as possible that I feel like once you get to five from there to about 12, you could probably rank those guys in, in all sorts of different orders if, if you really wanted to. Um, pretty similar prospects. I think there's a pretty clear front four, though. Um, but we'll go through and we're going to hit on all of these guys. Uh, so it's a pretty, you know, strap in. It's a pretty probably going to be a pretty lengthy episode. But um, Drew, just any any general thoughts prior to this? Uh, I mean, to kind of give the listeners some background on this, like this is like months of like work. Like it's kind of like when things slow down, it's like, all right, let's go back and look through all of our notes, um, you know, go through and, and with our video coverage. Um, hopefully we've seen as many guys as we as reasonably possible in person, which a lot of these guys we have, which is a really, really yeah. good feeling and a, and a cool feeling. But um, I mean, it's a months long process. I mean, we go through and, and, you know, I build a Google sheet and share it with, you know, the staff that kind of helps contribute with this. And I mean, we end up doing probably some sort of work on about 250 guys, um, maybe even closer to 300 once, you know, the winter goes around and, and more names are going to pop. There's going to be guys that pop up that we've, we don't even know about. And they're going to become dudes in this class because there's still two more high school seasons. A lot of development's going to occur, but it's months that go into this kind of going through and, and double checking and cross-referencing and then kind of putting things together. And, and uh, so we try to be transparent about like, Hey, this is our perspective. We take a true scouting approach to this. What are the tools? What are the talent? How does he fit on the diamond? Is he a left-handed pitcher? Is he a right-handed pitcher? Is he a left-handed hitter? Is he a right-handed hitter? Is he a middle of the diamond guy? Is he a catcher? You know, being cognizant of the scarcity of some of those prospects, you know, there, there are more, the hardest thing to do is the right-handed pitchers because there's so many right-handed pitchers, you know, it's kind of hard to separate right. them all. And there's a way more right-handed pitchers than there are left-handed pitchers. So if you have a really, really good left-handed pitcher, Changes are those guys are going to get a little bit of a bump um, because of the scarcity of the position. There's just not many of those guys, but um, really strong list at the top. Kind of what was your general takeaway as, as we were putting this together? And, um, you know, I think once we kind of got through a lot of the names, I think it was it, it kind of became 
I thought not easy, but it just kind of the picture started making a lot of sense because, you know, there's so many exciting players at the top that that just really made the rest of the process, I think, easy once you got through those guys. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I think one thing that I always try to make clear on this is that especially with this first iteration, there is so much there will be so much change from oh, now yeah. until um you know, even the next rendition of it, and then all the way through the final, because you know, there's lots of kids that are they're just at this age, they're there's so much um time for development, and all these kids are growing and and all that at the same at different rates. So, you know, what what this looks list looks like today um will be very different than this time, you know, or you know, when we do our final list going into the draft for them um and you know but it is exciting because there's there's a lot of of really really good um players uh Mm -hmm. there's a lot of guys that like you mentioned that aren't even that we couldn't squeeze into this 55 that we could see potentially being high on this list at some point so um you know i think those are things to keep in mind you know this is a fun exercise and you know you mentioned how much time goes into it, you know, just so it's clear, uh, Dustin does a lot of, a lot of work and a lot of background, a lot of cross-referencing on this, uh, certainly a lot more than I do. Um, I lend a hand at places where I feel like I can and help slot, but you know, you, you do the lion's share of the work on this and, and it thankfully, cause it shows, I mean, it's, um, the lists have been really good. They seem to be well-received. Um, and to the guys out there, you know, use it how you want to use it. You, you know, is you can prove us right, you can prove us wrong. Um, you know, we like the the tricky part is is like we don't get to see all of these guys uh, an equal amount, or on right. we don't see everybody on their best day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and sometimes we see guys on a career day uh, that can you know in, inflate our opinion of them, and then vice versa. So you know, it's a it's a fun exercise to do, um, caution people not to take it too seriously. Um, you know, it's, there's a lot of work that goes into it and, uh, a lot of, a, a lot of people have contributed their opinions on this list. And, um, it's a reflection of where it sits today. Uh, but that's a long way away from, um, from the draft and when the final, uh, iteration of this comes out. But, um, it is, it is a, a labor of love for sure. I mean, it's, it's a lot of work. Uh, a lot of kids, a lot of baseball. Um, and thankfully we're in a spot where we get to do that kind of stuff. So, um, so yeah, let's, I mean, I, going back takeaways from the list, um, you know, we talk about it a lot, a couple, just, you know, scanning some of the schools um, where kids are committed and everything. And I think I want to say there's 11 guys committed to Texas, one, two, three, four, five, six, six committed to A&M uh dbu um is finding their way into more and more of these mm-hmm. top caliber players um which is exciting because we think those guys do a great job uh they are really starting to get in on some of these guys uh earlier um hats off to cliff pennington and their staff for for that on the recruiting side um because they they seemingly grab some of these guys like right before they really blow up and yeah that's a program that we're a fan of the way they develop. They just do a good job. And, um, 
you know, I think they, they look for a lot of the right things uh, when they're, when they, when they recruit. So uh, it's, it's exciting to see them continue to grow as a program. And it's just, it's, I, I love some of the guys that they've got, like it just, they, they seem to fit what they want to do. And um, you know, I just, I, I have a hard time thinking that they're, they're not going to be, you know, really making some noise, you know, in, in, in the postseason, yeah, uh, sooner rather than later. I mean, they've they've obviously done what they've done to this point, which is impressive um, from where they've come from. But and I just they just keep stacking good classes with really good baseball players, and I, I think that and the way they develop too is just go, it, it, they're going to be they're going to be a program we're going to hear a lot from moving forward. I think uh, TCU, I think I. Canada, they have four guys on the list. Um, they continue to do a really good job recruiting. Uh, and then LSU comes in again and starts that they, they, they're just kind of cherry picking and getting some of the best guys in the, in the state. If you're, they, if you're a really, really good catcher in Texas, chances are you're probably heading to LSU. Yeah. Blake Mitchell, yeah. Kate Aaron Beattie, and now Omar Cerna in this class. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's, it, it's interesting. I always like, like looking at these trends, um, you know, but it, it's funny to see, I, I, I think I've seen some stuff change a little bit, um, with the new rules. This is a class where it's kind of, kind of starting to take shape a little bit. I think it'll be really drastically different for the, for the 26 class. Um, but, but yeah, it's an exciting group. There's a lot of guys that have a lot of exciting potential that all, all up and down this list that you can see climbing into that top echelon, um, with a physical jump or, you know, just some more time. Cause that, you know, I, we talked about it too. There, there's quite a few football players in this group. Yeah. Um, and some of those guys are, you know, a little bit more raw or less defined or have spent less time doing the baseball thing. And, you know, some of those guys, like there's some real upside for those guys. Cause they're obviously they, they're athletic. Um, we're a fan of the dual sport thing. So uh, so yeah, yeah, let's, let's get and, into this. Yeah. One thing too, like as we go through and, and we're going to kind of go through groups of five and, and then kind of give some thoughts on each guy or the group in, in general. And and one thing I try to, I try to relay to readers is think of this kind of like, I, I know a lot of like scouting departments will think of the major league baseball draft at the top. There's like, you know, big big top tier of talent and there can be some separation between you know those guys but as you move down the list the separation amongst let's just call it prospect grades it, it shrinks you know the more the deeper you get into the major league baseball draft a lot of those guys are similar prospects it's just a matter of preference so that's kind of how i would tell people to, to think of this is like yeah the top is the top and there can be gaps in the top but as you work your way down you know, like the guy that's 48 on the list isn't that much different than a guy that's, you know, on the next, on the just missed list or in the middle of the pack of the next 30, 40 guys. So uh, we just like limiting it to 55 because, you know, five to five, 55. I thought it was kind of clever when we came up with it. And then I get to the bottom every Thank time. You. I'm like, God, it's like, I get to the bottom. I'm like, oh, I have like 15 more guys I want to put here. Oh, it's, it's agonizing. It's yeah. tough. Yeah. It's tough. Um, so that's you know, it's 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 exclusive, in, in, but also at the same time, it's it's kind of tough because there's so many guys that could fit that, and that's why we do 
we make sure to highlight that next group of 55 and also explain as best we can, like, Hey, these are, these are some names of some guys that could have easily fit in um, to that position there. So uh, well, let's start this. Since we've unveiled everything, there's, there's no suspense in, in leading up to it. I mean, you've, you've, chances are you've seen this list already, but so let's start at the top of the top five um, led by Casey Cunningham uh, shortstop from Johnson and San Antonio uh, coming to Texas tech. Uh, Lucas Franco, shortstop from Cinco Ranch, and number two, committed TCU. Marcos Paz, wow. right-handed pitcher from Hebron, committed LSU. Number three, Omar Serna from Dobie, catcher, committed LSU. Number four, and then Jack McKernan, left-handed pitcher from Ridgepoint, committed to Texas at number five. Um, everybody knows I am a gigantic Casey Cunningham guy, and he's just hit and hit and hit for years now. Every setting, area code. High school, summer, um, all American game, well, whatever he goes and gets invited to, he hits. He always hits. He's a he's a plus runner, maybe plus plus. Um, I, I think scouts that are around him at Area Code thought, you know, the way he thought the game, the way the talent showed on the field was just a little bit different than a lot of his peers. Um, but even if he has to move off shortstop way way long term in the future, um, the bat is just it's one of the best left handed hit tools I think in the nation. Um, and just a really, really good baseball player. Um, Lucas Franco is the classic, like if you're building a guy in the lab from a scout perspective of what they want a high-end prospect to look like physically, swing-wise, tools-wise. I mean, it's Lucas Franco. Um, and like it, the the production was kind of a little bit of a roller coaster this, this spring and summer, whereas Casey Cunningham, it was like always kind of the same. Um, but if it all clicks for Lucas Franco, just the physical gifts, the swing, I mean, that's a guy that could be a first-round pick coming out of high school uh, just as a left-handed hitting shortstop that's got an actual chance to stick there at six foot three and when everything else, the uh, the actions, the clock on the diamond, it's it's all good. Um, Cerna, big power, big arm, kind of reminiscent of Kate Aaron Bide, um, you know, just a really strong player. Uh, big arm strength behind the dish. His first two swings at area code were both homers, one off a fastball, one off a breaking ball. Um, it'll just be a question of like, how much is it catching keep improving from MLB draft perspective? Uh, but he's certainly got a chance to be a major, major, major prospect. Um, and then McKernan, like to me, left-handed pitcher, Team USA performer multiple times, high school performer, I think since his varsity year at Ridgepoint. I mean, his freshman year at Ridgepoint. Uh, was really good at area code. Like the slider, I think if you look at the data of the slider, you'd be like, okay, it's it's okay. But you watch it play in games, it misses bats. He It can routinely misses bats. He commands it. He knows what to do with it. He can get into the low 90s consistently. The changeup's coming along as well. He's a really good competitor. Um, you know, a, a really, really good track record of performance. He reminds me some of Brandon Finnegan when Brandon Finnegan was coming out of TCU. Kind of that similar build, similar stature, similar kind of profile with the stuff and in the makeup on the mountain, things like that. But um, I know you've, you've had the luxury of seeing pause more than me. Um, and like, it, it, he's just such a fun guy to watch. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about him at length. If you're the president of the case in Cunningham fan club, then that's probably my title for Marcos pause. Um, I just have liked him ever since I saw him. I like the way he competes. I like the low heart rate. Um Physically, he looks like a Friday night guy in the SEC mm -hmm. already. Um, and I just 
love the way he does stuff. I, I will say I talking to somebody in the, in our industry that I really respect uh, recently um, about McKernan, you know, it was mentioned that was like, man, I'm not sure that if I had to win a game, like in a postseason setting, like one game, I think I might take him over anybody in the state. Mm-hmm. And uh, coming from who it did, it was a pretty impressive statement. And, you know, I haven't seen him a ton, but man, I really like the way he competes in the limited action. I have seen him. Um, he can really pitch. He's aggressive. Um, you know, I think, I think Finnegan's a good comp. You know, I, I, to, this is probably, it's not a great comparison because I think his stuff is actually better than the guy I'm thinking of like right now, but like, you know, left-handed, you know, maybe Lucas Gordon or even like a JP Howell, just like a mm-hmm. Texas lefty, but like he has better stuff than them already. Yeah. Um, um so I big fan of his. I, I just like the way he goes about things. I think he's a winner. Um that's this group. I mean, it's that's a loaded group. I mean, you you could like you said, like there there's there's some ways that you could probably you know, rearrange these and right. that would be t- tough to argue. Um, but man, like it's, there's no doubt that that group is super talented and really good baseball players. And, you know, Cunningham, I mean, he's, he may be, he may be on a different level. Um, he's just, he's that good. And, and he seems to raise his play um, according to the level of competition, not to say he doesn't play well with lower competition, but like, when it matters and, or when he sees a really good arm, I mean, it seems like he levels up. So mm-hmm. um, really, really impressive group. I think. Yeah. I, and I think what, like a- something that we value a lot too. I mean, McKernan was one of the very few 2025s to play on the, the 18 U team USA team. Like, yeah, that's a pretty, that's a pretty big statement about like the competitiveness, the performance, like, I mean, those are high pressure situations those guys play in. I mean, I think they went to go yeah. to, they went to Taiwan, you know, like like it's a that's a that's a really big deal. Um kind of speaks to his his performance and the confidence. Like you said, you know, if you need a guy to win a game in this state, um, you know, Jack McKernan would would be really tough to pick anyone else besides him. Yeah. Uh going through the next five here, number six, Brody Walls, Kenny Boyd, right hand pitcher and infielder committed to Texas. Cooper Fulbright, number seven from Straight Dredgewood, right-handed pitcher committed to Texas A&M. Luke Billings at number eight, uh, do-it-all stud from Prosper, can play the outfield, can catch, can get on the mound. Um, he's good enough that on the mound, if he was just purely a pitching prospect, he would absolutely be on this list for sure. So um, don't sleep on him on the, as a pitcher as well. Uh, he comes at a number eight on the list. Number nine is Matthew Botten from Covenant Christian Academy, shortstop. Um, heading to Texas A&M. And then number 10, Johnny Slowinski from Johnson City, uh, left-handed pitcher and outfielder heading to Baylor. Uh, we've talked at length about Walls and just how big of a fan we are of him. That kind of reminiscent to me of the way people are talking about Levi Sterling right now, kind of that athletic infielder gets on the mound, lower slot, easy velocity, can spin the slider, changeups coming on. He was really good in the fall. Um, Cooper Fulbright, like a pure stuff standpoint, had the best pure stuff I saw in person in this class with him. It's just a matter of like getting that athleticism and stuff to translate to more strikes. Um, and if it does, uh, I mean, this guy is really the limit for him because he can run it up to 95 
with an absolute hammer curveball and a major slider as well. So it's going to be exciting to follow his progress. Um, Luke Billings has been a famous name for a long, long time. Uh, I think it'll be interesting to see if maybe he dabbles in catching a little bit more or where he fits defensively, but uh, he can hit. He's hit in big moments. He's a guy that rises to the occasion, um, can can pull home runs, which is a, a very, very valuable skill. Um, Botton is a really, really good athlete. He, uh, I believe he won taps 4A in the high jump and the long jump. And, like, sure. he's a really good basketball player, too. Like, legitimately good basketball player. And, like, that's just, like, really unique athleticism. Um, we don't typically see guys that actually, A, do track stuff that are baseball guys because of the spring schedule and things like that. But um, that is that is unique athleticism. Um, and uh, he's exciting because I feel that like there's still a lot of growth that can occur in development that could happen for him. Uh, then Slowinski for me, like, that's kind of a plant the flag kind of a guy for me. Um from 2A Johnson City, um, let me see if I can find the stats, which were um, absolutely absurd. And I get it. It's it's 2A competition. So so people are kind of probably kind of rolling their eyes like, OK, you know, if you throw 85 miles an hour, you're going to get some outs there. But he went 11-0 with a 0.38 ERA in six, 74 and a third innings with 165 strikeouts and only 16 walks with a uh 103 batting average against um to me yeah that's absurdly ridiculous but it, it's the walk total for me like this is a guy that he he hasn't walked guys where it's like two full spring seasons now two full summers he just does not walk guys he throws a ton of strikes um with four pitches he's a good athlete um there's some physical projection there i talked to a a summer coach from a, a really, really loaded program that had several guys on this list. And he was like, we could not hit this guy. And that's just how it's been for two summers now. Um, you know, it's, he'll get it into the low nineties, but he'll sit upper eighties right now, but you can easily project more velocity to come. I mean, hats off to Zach Dillon and those guys at Baylor for getting in on Solinsky early and lock him in, in because he is, he is a major, major dude. Um, but what kind of sticks out to you from, from this little grouping we've got here? Yeah, uh, going back to that, I I love hearing about some of these kids from the teams or players that they play against. Um, yes, I think you get a lot of information from that, and a lot of you know a lot less filtered typically. Uh, you know, some some people are certainly a lot more upfront and honest or about their assessment of their own guys. But man, like I I love that's one of the best sources of info. I think is hearing what opponents coaches and players think about guys mm -hmm. um so yeah that's a that's a big endorsement for slowinski um botten we've talked about at length he's a freak like he you know I, I think the the only concern with him is like how much stronger is he at when the draft rolls around because mm -hmm. all he can do it all we've seen him do it all i mean he and for a guy that you know we say needs to add strength he still has pop i mean so you see the twitch at play already and if it's just a matter of like how strong he gets um can dictate you know whether we're talking about a you know all sec guy early or or is he showing enough strength that he's someone's giving him a lot of money i mean yeah. i think that that's that's kind of the, the the realm we're talking about with him there um billings uh i'm i've always been a fan just because he seems to rise to the occasion 
plays with an edge. Uh, interested to see where he ends up. Fulbright, yeah, you mentioned it. The stuff is insane. Um, I just if he if if he tweaks the command a little bit, I mean, mm-hmm. and it's not like he's wild. I mean, the stuff is really good. But if he if he harnesses that with that stuff, I mean, he's he's going to have a chance to be way up the list. Uh, and then we're you know we've talked about Brody Walls quite a bit as well. I mean, the athleticism there, the ball jumps out of his hand, and it's a little bit different. Um, yeah. You know, it's he for me, I thought he performed as well or probably better than anybody on that uh, Rangers scout team this fall. Um, you know, there were some lulls in some of those games and then he'd come in and kind of put some electricity in there. Mm-hmm. So um, just really fun, really competitive guy to watch. Uh, yeah, it's we're talking about some of these guys in the back end of the top 10. Like it, it's crazy because there's a lot there's. We're still talking about a lot of talent and a lot of potentially draftable talent in that yeah. mix as well. So um, another good group. Go to the next five led by Min J. Sale from Hebron, who just committed to Florida. Big pickup for the Gators there, right-handed pitcher. Another right-handed pitcher, Aiden Barrientes from Katy, committed to TCU. Um, in the number th- number 13, uh, Jonah Williams, who to me is the biggest wild card in this class from Galveston Ball. Um, uncommitted, and that's because he's a really, really good football prospect as well. Um, Taylor Tracy from Dripping Springs, left-handed pitcher and outfielder, committed to Tennessee. And then Jackson Cotton, who recently transferred into St. Pius X with Case and Evans. Good luck facing those guys this spring. Uh, left-handed pitcher and outfielder, committed to Texas A&M. Is, uh, is that X or the 10th? Oh, it's a, yeah, you're right. I'm looking at my sheet and I've got an X there. Yeah, you know. Or is it St. Pius Twitter? Saint Yeah, St. <laughs> uh, yeah, Pius uh, representing the Elon Musk brand there. Um, Sayal, I mean, we've seen him a few times now. Quick arm. The stuff is really, really loud. Breaking ball will flash. Change up. He, he kind of pronates it. He gets a lot of that circle change up like movement. It can miss mats against lefties. It's a good mix. Um, you know, to me, it, a lot of these guys on this list – it's just a matter of like, okay, we see in the short bursts as you get stronger, as you get more reps, as you get more physical, um, carrying that stuff deep into the games. You know, I think that's one of the things that separates a guy like Marcos Paz. Um, and even a guy like Slowinski and, and McKernan is like those guys have thrown, you know, complete games a lot. Um, and now these other guys just kind of mounted like harnessing that stuff consistently and getting deep into games. Um, Barry Entes, man, TCU did a really good job getting in on him early. Um, Katie High School, Cade Nelson, a guy we'll talk about as well. They did a good job there too. Barry Entes can really spin the baseball, uh, really spin a breaking ball. It's it's a promising delivery. The arm strength is there, the arm speed. Um, he could be a guy that really takes off uh, from a draft perspective this time next year. Now, talk about Jonah Williams, like it's he. He's a tough one because he is a big football guy and there's not like a lot of, I, I you know, there are a lot of, I, I talked to a few college recruiting coordinators and only a couple had seen him. Um, so it's like, he's kind of a bit of an unknown, but everybody knows he's really, really talented. And I think he hit like 460 last spring, like hardly ever strikes out. He runs like three eights down the line at six, three, 200 pounds as a left-handed hitter. Like, you can go get it in center field. I had somebody put a Chad Jones comp on him as a guy that can throw it really hard on the mound too. Like 
I, I, like we talked about it in a previous episode. Like, I don't know the last time we've seen an athlete like him. That's a legitimate baseball prospect. It'd be fascinating to follow his development. Um, and then trailer Tracy, you know, had the, he had an injury late last spring. And fortunately it turned out to be just like a broken bone that connected the UCL and the elbow. Um, and it was able to heal on its own. He came back in the fall was playing the outfield. He's been swinging the bat for a long time. Um, he's a guy that could see moving his way up just as we get to see him back on the mound again and throwing. Um, and then Jackson Cotton is kind of similar to Taylor Tracy, just a really, really athletic left-handed pitching prospect and also a guy that's really good in the outfield as well, legitimate two-way prospect. But uh, another loaded group, and, uh, man, Jonah Williams, it, it's going to be fun to follow that guy. Yeah, um, I, I'm really interested to see – what Min Jay looks like with a increased workload, mm-hmm. um, you know, being on that Hebron team last year, that was so loaded. Um, and they have some guys coming back, but you know, his, his older brother, you got pause, Will Patterson. Like there was a lot of guys that threw a lot of really good innings. And so he didn't see a, a ton of innings in the spring. Yeah. So I'm really interested to see if he ends up being, they got, uh, Ethan main... Hunt goes there too, right. Who recently came yeah. to Houston. I mean, they got a really deep staff. They're loaded, and like your guy, like guys like Hunt, guys like Minjay didn't throw a whole lot last mm-hmm. year in in the varsity season. Um, there's no question on the stuff with him. The stuff is uh, electric. Um, so it's just a matter of can he pitch? Can he win? You know how does he, you know? And it's not to say he hasn't. It just haven't seen him throw a lot yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but the stuff is obviously um, not debatable because it's there. Uh, I haven't seen Barrientes as much, but Slider's really good in my limited time seeing him. Uh, Jonah Williams recruited his older brother when we were at Texas. Um, you know, just freak athlete, just bottom line. Uh, Taylor Tracy, uh, excited to see him coming back. And then Jackson Cotton, I also haven't seen a whole lot of, but man, it's uh, the flashes that you see with him. Um, there, there's some, There's some special stuff there, so um really really overall a good athletic group there uh yeah a lot of projection in that group um and that's again why we why we like this age group um you know this time in their career because there's a lot of movement between now and when they're finishing up their high school careers but some big time talent in that five the next five, led by Nico Partida, right-handed pitcher and shortstop from Pearland, committed to Arizona State. David Ramirez, left-handed pitcher from Clear Falls, committed to Texas. Holden Herring, big righty from College Station, heading to Texas Tech. Carter Rutenbar from Midlothian Heritage, catcher committed to Arkansas. And then Braxton Van Cleve, outfielder from Mansfield, um, heading to Kentucky. Um, Partita just emerged this spring as like one of the best performers in the state. I mean, he was the guy for Pearland. Um, very, very consistent. Upper 80s, low 90s all the time. Threw strikes. Great competitor. Hardly ever gave up runs. And then you watch him on the dirt and like he's legit infield prospect too. Great baseball clock. Good instincts. The game comes easy to him. He's one of those guys I feel like he's thinking a step ahead of everything else when he's out there. Um, so it, it's a, it's a treat to watch him. Um, Ramirez, I feel like there'd be a lot more buzz about him. Not that there's not, but like he kind of had a couple of fluke injuries. I think at one point he slid on turf and like got some burns on his skin in some spot spots, but 
Um, you know, he he threw an immaculate inning this summer, and then he almost threw another one the next inning, and he got to the final strike before I got the hitter called timeout, and he just kind of lost his rhythm a little bit and threw a ball the next pitch. Um, so like it's good delivery, big curveball that's got a chance to be one of the better ones in the state. I like I like stories like this. He led Clear Falls to their deepest run in school history. You know, like that sort of stuff matters, you know, like when you're not at those traditional powerhouse programs and there you are as a sophomore helping lead your team to like, I think the third round in the playoffs, um, which, which is a big deal. So he's, he's got the performance. Uh, he's got, I'm really excited to follow his progress. Holden Herring, we saw him in the summer, just big, easy velocity. Um, the stuff is loud. It comes easy to him, moves well for a guy his size, his age. And then uh, Rutenbard, Van Cleve, two two summer teammates that have been on the scene as, as major dudes for a long time. Um, Rutenbard, unfortunately, his his playoff run came to an end. South Oak <laughs> Cliff uh, took looked like he took some hits in that game, but he held his own too. I think three total touchdowns, ran for one, threw for two, threw for over two hundred yards. I think, uh, but he definitely took his fair share of hits in that game as well. Tough guy, um, but he's always hit impact bat, left handed hitting catcher. And then Van Cleve just looks the part of a major SEC prospect physically and uh, a guy that I was really com- impressed with his competitiveness in some tough environments. Area code in the Texas Scouts Association All-Star game. He he more than held his own against older competition at TSA and then went out and did it at Area code as well. Yeah. Uh, some really good baseball players in this five. Um, Partita is just one of those guys that's a gamer. Uh, just seems to make things happen when he's playing the game. Uh, Ramirez, like you mentioned, big time curveball, herring, big physical guy, um, really good get for Texas Tech. Uh, he's a guy that you could look at as being a weekend starter for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rudenbar is a guy that uh, I I think is definitely one of the best hitters in the state. Um, just seems to barrel everything up, understands uh, timing at the plate, uh, sees the ball well, always looks in control. Uh, and on time uh, against left and right-handed pitchers. So that, which is not always the case for really good young left-handed hitters, but um, he has a confidence that I see, think you see with a lot of the best hitters uh, just kind of a, you know, he, he never seems overwhelmed even against right. guys with really good stuff. He performs in those scenarios. Um, and I, I love, I love him playing quarterback, you know, that leadership capability, um, he took a team deep in the playoffs and the state ranked and, you know, re- ran into a buzzsaw of course, but, um, they almost won I mean, that game too. They did. They, they, I think they showed a lot better than a lot of people thought they might going into the game, but, um, just, you know, he's, a, he's a confident athlete. Uh, and I think that that shows on, in, in both sports. And I think that that's important. And a guy that seemed like Arkansas really prioritized early, um, and you know, it's tough to argue with the track record they've had, especially with on the hitting side. So, uh, big fan of his Van Cleve is a physical monster. Um, I mean, he's a guy too, that we might look up in a couple of years and be like, man, this guy is an absolute monster. Yeah. Uh, and Kentucky did a really good job getting him and then, you know, and Jake Fultz that we'll talk about later in the list, but, uh, that's a really good get for them to come down and get a player of that caliber out of texas mm-hmm. um uh just big big fan big fan of his and that that summer team those guys play on the stick scout group 
I think they've got six guys on this list and then two more on the just missed list. Incredible team. I mean, it could be, I mean, JJ Adagro is another guy. Hudson, I mean, they're just loaded, loaded, loaded. So I, I think it's especially notable, like when they're like dudes on that team, you know, like, cause they're all yeah. dudes, but then there's a couple guys that are just like consistently, like they go as these guys go. Right. Um, and, and Van Cleve and, and Rutenbar are, are those guys from the position player side, mm-hmm. um, which, which really, really matters. Um, you know, that sort of makeup and that sort of performance and those sorts of things. So, um, you know, both really, really talented players. Next five on the list, led by Ty Powell, shortstop from Fullshear, committed to Texas State. Ty Briscoe from Wiley, left-handed pitcher and outfielder, committed to Arkansas. Um, Jackson Rickert, another guy from that loaded sticks team. Uh, Mansfield Knights homeschool product, uh, headed to DBU. Xavier Mitchell, Prestonwood Christian Academy, left-handed pitcher, um, outfielder, mainly left-handed pitcher, headed to Texas. And then Jaden Blalack from Travis High School down in the Houston area, right-handed pitcher and infielder. Heading to DBU. Um, Powell was a guy that was, I think, off a lot of radars heading into the summer. And then he just hit and hit and hit and hit from the left side. Like, I kept looking down. I was like, is this guy a senior that we just didn't know about? And no, he's a junior. Um, Played up sometimes. And, like, I I never saw him really let it loose as a runner because he's just, like, would smack, you know, line drives, you know, easy signals. And then I saw his football tape and I was like, wow, this guy can really run um, and can like really move his hits. He plays DB and like went up against some really good receivers and held them in check. So he's, he's got the athleticism too. Uh, I was talking to, to Matt Pajak from Loden and um, kind of peeking around about some guys. Cause he knows uh, our buddy, Matt Pierce with the South Texas sliders. I was like, mm-hmm. you got anything on this guy athletic athletically? And he goes, once he gets stronger, it's going to be really good. Um, so he's, he's got a chance to definitely be one of the better left-handed hitter. First team, all district cornerback as well. Yeah. And like in a, in a, in a big area down there. So legit, we love, we love our football guys. Um, Briscoe, he's thrown hard for a long, long time. The sliders really flash as well. He's another one of those guys that like rein in the control command. Um, there could be something there. He kind of reminds me of, uh, what's the guy that went to Arizona state from last year's group, Bennett Fryman. No, mm-hmm. not Bennett. Was that who it was? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Bennett Fryman. Yeah, he kind of reminds me. Similar build, similar stuff. Um, you know, I think Bennett was a better hitter, um, whereas Ty is a better pitcher, uh, but both kind of similar guys there. We talked a lot about Rickert. I mean, just just the the quintessential dog meme. I mean, that's Jack, that's Jackson Rickard on the mound. Really good slider. Xavier Mitchell, another guy that guys just don't hit. They just don't. Like he's not going to blow you with velocity right now. He's going to get stronger. going to continue filling into his frame. Um, but guys just do not hit him. Um, and he's performed consistently. And then Blay, like we saw him pitch at area code with that MLB breakthrough squad. Um, and talking to some people, DBU really likes him as a hitter and you watch him hit on tape. Um, it's a really good right-handed swing. Uh, we know the athleticism, we know the arm strength, uh, there's potential there, middle of the diamond guy defensively. So really excited to to follow his progress and get some eyes on him as a hitter this upcoming spring. But uh, a good group here and, and and some guys that have been, you know, household names for a while, but also a couple guys that just kind of really emerged this summer. Yeah. Uh, talking about Blaylack, who do you remember who else is from Fort Bend Travis that was kind of up in the air what he would play when he went to college? 
Fort Ben Travis. Oh, I'm missing this one. Who is it? It's going to bother me when you tell me. Trey Faltine. Yes, um, yes, yes. When he when he came in, I mean, he he played a lot of outfield. He had pitched, hadn't actually played a whole lot of infield, um, and until you know he shows up, Tulo's there, and then he becomes one of the best defensive shortstops in the country. But uh, Blaylock's just a baseball player. Mm-hmm. Um, really impressed with his outing out of area code. Uh, great get for DBU. Just they continue to get these just baseball players and guys that can play a bunch of different spots um, that have been on some big stages that know how to win. Um, it's like we said, they, they've done a really good job. Uh, Xavier Mitchell has always been one of my favorites in this class. He just really knows how to pitch mm-hmm. uh, dominant outing. Um, you know, he, he got, he had the task of like coming in and I want to say it was like a kind of at a game that was kind of a lull and was dragging along. And then he was just like, doop, doop, doop. and just like, before you know it, um, he was through his innings and it just kind of got us back on track, which if you've ever sat out there at area code all day, um, that's much appreciated. Uh, but breaking balls elite um, is, you know, as soon as he, get stronger and add strength and add some velocity. I mean, he's another guy that you could look at being up pretty high on this list. Um, but just a really good pitcher and a good get for Texas. Uh, Jackson Rickert, uh, you know, it, we've used the comp of Chance Ruffin with him. Yep. But, I mean, you talk about, you know, the guys on the sticks that make him go offensively. Um, he's a guy for them on the mound that does that. He just He's a tone setter. He attacks. He's – uh, competitive and just comes at you. Uh, and I'm always a fan of guys like that. Uh, Briscoe, like we've seen big stuff, Ty Powell, uh, watched a little bit. So he has a highlight on his football uh, on from football on Twitter that he was registered running somewhere above 21 miles an hour. When he chased that it. dude down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that, that, so, I mean, like, that's a, that's a pretty loud statement. Um, you know, like that's, that's like top, top of the line, like college and even NFL type numbers yeah. um, for top speed. So, um, yeah, the athleticism there is, is uh, shows up for, for Ty Powell. So really athletic, uh, just a lot of athletic kids that we've talked about so mm-hmm. far, which is, makes this exciting. Not a lot of stiff, clunky, you know, just power guys. Like a lot of athleticism mixed in with these guys so far. And it's, makes it exciting because like you said, some of those guys, when they do gain strength, they, they really take off. Next five led by Caleb Rogers, right hand pitcher and outfielder from Reagan in the San Antonio area committed to Texas. Will Hill outfielder from summer Creek also committed to Texas. Dean Hanna, China spring uh, catcher, first base um, corner infield type also heading to Texas. And then Katie Mitchell, Mansfield Timberview, Third baseman uh, committed to Arkansas, another one of those sticks guys, and then Luke McLeod from Harder, Harden Jefferson, uh, legit two way guy, right hand pitcher, infielder, outfielder. He got a massive outfield arm, which is really fun to watch. Um, recent Oklahoma commitment. Um, some guys that kind of emerged in summer, like Rogers. Reagan was so good that he didn't really pitch much for them. Played some outfield, and then you know, but everybody's like, just wait when he gets on the mound. And uh, I think he was up to ninety two this summer. Um, it's just like you look at it, the operation, the athleticism, the arm speed, 
Um, it's easy to project that guy just being a really good pitching prospect. Will Hill, I mean, I remember seeing him when he's a freshman at Summer Creek, and I was like, who is this guy? Because uh, the, the tools are just obvious. Um, can really run. Um, you know, his his summer was a little bit up and down. I think he kind of had a, a shoulder injury. I think he was kind of working through early on. Um, but, like, he can fly. The swing's promising. He's going to grow into some more power there. He can go get it in the outfield. It's a really exciting prospect. Uh, Dean Hanna, one of my favorite right-handed hitters, you know, swing-wise, it's just, it's rhythmic, it's balanced, it's easy power, it's it's a good path. Um, I think he's going to really hit, and he's going to continue to grow into some impact power. Um, Caden Mitchell, uh, another one of those recent Arkansas commitments along with Root Bar, uh, just been a fan for him a long time, really competitive makeup. Um, he's got defensive tools. He's got offensive tools. He's also been, I believe up to 91 or 92 off the mound, even though he doesn't pitch that much kind of speaks to the arm strength and the athleticism. Um, and then Luke McLeod, um, he's a good example of like, we saw him in the fall and uh, I think I saw him on like the worst week he's had in a long time. And I was actually texting with, with, uh, with, uh, Josh Sanders from Lone Star. And I was like, man, I think this guy's really talented, but like kind of going through my TSA notes, I didn't really have much on him and he's like that was probably like his worst week is when you saw him um and then i went back and went through and talked to some people watched some film and stuff like that and like he's athletic it's a huge outfield arm um really good looking physically um the swing's got a chance he's gonna he's gonna hit for a little pop as well um oklahoma has i feel like done a good job of grabbing some two-way guys and just like let's we'll just figure it out when you get here um but also two-way guys that are athletic um and then it's just kind of projects in different ways so um he's another one of those guys he's been up to 90 miles on the mound um and i think that's going to continue to grow as well so uh exciting group here big bopper and dean hannah and and then more guys that just boast that athleticism as well yeah uh again the athleticism seems to be showing up a lot. Um, Caleb Robert Rogers, uh, he's one of those guys. It's there's a sky's the limit for him because the athleticism is off the charts. And when you pair that with his stuff, I mean, it, there's a there's a lot there to like. Uh, Will Will Hill, uh, same deal, just a freak athlete. <laughs> um, and he reminds me a little bit of a young Calvin Murray. Okay. Um, just compact, physical, strong. Um, we saw the football highlights where he blew that dude up. Uh, oh my gosh! To go cr- crush him. Um, so yeah, I, big fan. I you know I I there's a lot of good baseball in front of him. Dean Hanna, uh, one of the best right-handed hitters, especially when it comes to power in the state. Caden Mitchell, um, great makeup guy. Uh, him and him and Rudenbar both going to Arkansas as a is a pretty good little haul for them to come down and, and grab. But uh, we have long been fans of Caden. Uh, just, you know, again, just really understands what he's trying to do in the box, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, you know, he's while still learning too. You know, I, I mean, I think he, he's advanced, but there's still a lot more in there for him. Uh, but just, you know, anybody you talk to raves about him on and off the field, mm-hmm. uh, high makeup, high IQ playing the game. So a uh, big fan of his. And then I haven't seen McLeod a whole lot, but can echo a lot of the su- same stuff that you said. And 
like you mentioned, Oklahoma's done a really good job of kind of picking off some two-way guys out of Texas. And I think mm-hmm. there's one more on the list that, yep. you know, they may, that they're in the mix for too, that, um, that, that could add to that group. But uh, like what I see of him, just haven't seen a whole lot, but I knowing the staff at OU um, when they go out and target a guy that, that says a lot. I actually had another, one of the best, uh, recruiting staffs, I, I would say in the, in the region, um, made a comment to me back in the summer, like when the, when the 25, uh, were allowed to start being called, um, they seemed to be like, OU was always on the right guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that was kind of shared with me by another staff. And, um, so I, that, that tells me a lot. And obviously I, you know, played for skip. And so I know what he prioritizes and, uh, Reggie and Todd Butler um, have this thing going in the right direction from a recruiting standpoint. So without knowing a whole lot about McLeod, I can probably um, pick up a few things here or there just based on the types of guys that they've recruited over, over recent classes. So um, yeah, I mean, it's amazing that like we're ta- some of these guys are, we're talking the bottom of the twenties and thirties, uh, in, in, in one state. So, uh, but real like that group, there's a lot of really good baseball in there. Before we dive into the second half here, talk to you guys more about our friends at Hitforth. Uh, if you've gone to a college prospect camp, you've probably noticed the coaches are tracking everything. Many staffs will even have track men showing live info on their video board during BP and scrimmages. It's not eye candy. They track data such as exit velocity and bat speed because it helps them identify skill sets that will translate and work at the college level. And more and more high schools are doing this as well. In fact, one of the most prominent high school programs in Austin, Texas, sends an email to incoming freshmen detailing what they view as acceptable exit velocity and bat speed. Simply put, if you can't hit the ball hard enough and consistently enough, you aren't going to get as many looks in high school and in college. So as the game moves more and more towards embracing tech and data, you're doing yourself a disservice if you aren't training with a staff that utilizes and understands both. The team at Hitforth in Austin, Texas, is creating the standard for developing explosive and adjustable hitters. When you train at Hitforth, you will develop the power coaches are looking for, whether challenging the fences or drilling hard liners to all fields. Learning to move faster and swing faster will also make you a more adjustable hitter and improve your ability to make contact. Because the quicker you can swing the bat means you have more time to recognize pitches before deciding to swing. The best part about Hitforth is the accountability. Since the staff tracks every aspect of every swing you take, you get objective feedback about your improvements. Numbers don't lie. Check out Hitforth.com to learn how you can get started. And that to me is the most important part is the accountability and the individualized programs. Um, It's like every swing you take, every session you have, there's video, there's metrics, there's data, there's, you know, how, like how you're performing relative to you were doing two weeks ago, three months ago, whatever it is. Um, it's all there for you. And they even do remote sessions as well. Um, and like, I just couldn't believe at how specific the programs were geared for each guy. Like you could literally log into your, let's just call it your profile, your portal, and they've rearranged everything you need from a program perspective. And if you like, you're, maybe you're doing something on the strength and conditioning side, you're like, man, I kind of forgot like exactly how to do this. They've got a video example for you, or, you know, maybe you're kind of going through and looking at some old swing video and things like that, or uh, they've got a detailed description about how to go through your program. So you can do this stuff remotely as well. If you've got the, 
if you've got the place and you've got the work ethic and you've got the time, um, they can guide you, you know, even if you're not able to get into their facility. So they're located in Austin, but if you're in Dallas, Houston, West Texas, South Texas, wherever, um, it's a great, great, great development tool as well uh, for those prospects. So again, hitforth.com, H-I-T-F-O-R-T-H, and then follow them on Twitter and Instagram as well. Uh, picking back up here with number 31 on the list is Jalen Watkins. Um, do-it-all guy committed to Miami. Um, he's been, he's been a five-tool player of the game 14 times already in his career, which is just incredible. Uh, number 32, Blaine Bullard from Klein Kane, a switching outfielder, uh, pitches as well in high school, but going to be an outfielder, I think, long-term, heading to Texas A&M. Um, Ed Small, um, a fantastic football player from Anderson, um, down here in my neck of the woods, um, outfielder prospect committed to Texas, but also a guy that's getting a lot of major football attention and offers as well. Victor Coronado from Lutheran South Academy, um, infielder, also committed to Texas, and then Caldwell McFadden, um, third baseman, right-handed pitcher uh, from Magnolia West, uh, committed to Baylor. Uh, Watkins, undersized, but very twitchy, very good athlete. The game comes easy to him. He's always performed. He's been up to 90 miles off the mound. I think he's got a real chance to stick at shortstop, but even not second base, center field, pitch. I mean, the guy can really do it all, um, and it's performed at a high level for a long, long time. Um, Blaine Bullard was the offensive MVP of the Pudge. Uh, just can really hit, can fly at the top of the lineup. He's also a guy that had a monster football season as well. He's going to continue growing into his frame. Um, Ed, Sm Ed Small, just a physical athlete, really loud tools. Um, like Emerge is one of the better, you know, receiver prospects in the state of Texas, but can can really impact the baseball and go get it as well. Um, Coronado, um, a lot of exciting projection here. A guy that plays shortstop right now, I kind of envision him long term as a guy that's going to be like a six foot four imposing third baseman that can really impact the baseball right handed hitter. Uh, I, I think he's got a chance to really hit at the next level. Um, and then Caldwell McFadden is a guy that's been one of my favorite, just pure right-handed hitters in the class ever since I saw him um, in the spring. Took some really, really good at-bats against Weston Moss from Lake Creek, who ended up going to Texas A&M and had some good stuff. Um, he's just a guy that I feel like he can time velocity. Um, it, there, there's balance, there's weight transfer, there's hitting ability. He's going to continue growing into some power as well. And um, I think he was up to 93 off the mound. Um, so he's going to be a guy I think he's going to throw a little bit for Magnolia West as they try to replace those key pieces. But um, another exciting group here, another group of guys that it's like it just shows the depth of this class uh, that you have this kind of talent level still hanging out of this part of the list. I think you're muted. Still muted. <laughs> Sorry. There, there you go. Uh, missed a lot. Of, missed a I lot give of us stuff. credit. That's like the that's like one of the first times that's ever happened. So <laughs> I, I think that I, we deserve props for that. What I was saying, whether there was sound or not, was I think this might be the most athletic group of five that we have. Um, this is these are some premium athletes in this in this group. Uh, Jalen Watkins is a guy that like he's a box score filler um, yeah he just everything he does is loud like you always see him like you know big he, he's one of those guys that he plays bigger than his numbers and his yeah. numbers are good um you know because like it just feels who is it we were talking there's somebody else that we talk about that looks oh it's um uh 
homeschool uh eight mcnulty aiden mcnulty uh-huh. i feel like every time i look up like Jalen watkins is like coming around to second or coasting into third and just just a really really good athlete that just makes things happen uh and just a really good player good get for miami uh blaine board is a guy that obviously is a really really good athlete football player also um ed small uh it's gonna be interesting to see if he ends up playing football um, right yeah he's getting enough interest from the types of schools that might make you think about it a little bit um but really good baseball in his own right uh coronado uh i think he hit the nail on the head with it you know hit where he plays is going to be dictated by where his body takes him um but i think that he's athletic enough and good enough with his hands that he can stick and be a big shortstop if he doesn't get too big um but you know he's not to say he's a rod or or machado but say imagine those guys looking a lot like him at that kind of stage in their career uh but he's a beast like he's a really good player um and then caldwell mcfadden like you said he, you know he's a guy with power but he can really hit too mm-hmm. he's not just a power guy uh so i um, mean man another really good get uh for baylor um they've they put they're starting to put together some 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 talent and some guys that can just really hit. I think they're going to turn out to be pretty offensive here within the next couple of years and I think Caldwell is a big part of that moving forward. Next five led by uh, one of the few uncommitted guys on the list, Cord Rager from Maypearl, uh big left-handed pitcher, first base prospect, legit two-way guy. Jack Paris from Kincaid, right-handed pitcher committed to Texas A&M. Uh, Cooper Rummel, big, physical, imposing righty from Dripping Springs, committed to Texas. Cade Nelson, 6'6", righty with projection from Katy, heading to TCU. And another TCU commitment, Baron Manis from Argyle, left-handed pitcher. Um, Rager, we talked about him in previous podcasts just because, you know, he really emerged. And, and hat tip to our, our, uh, our colleague and, and buddy Jeff Kahn, um, who saw him deep in the state playoffs um, and was like, man, this guy – He's going to be good. And then saw him in the summer and then the, and then the fall It's like, man, he's yeah, you're right. He's going to be really good. Um, it could be pitcher, could be hitter. I mean, he's legitimate both ways. Paris is like one of the better just pitchability performers in the state. Um, he's also got one of the best changeups in the state as well. And I think the velocity is going to continue ticking up. Um, he's a guy that like you, you need a performance. He's one of those guys that can give you a big game performance. Um, Rummel, the flashes are really, really, really bright. And we saw him kind of coming back um, at the tail end of the summer. I think he threw his first inning, uh, I believe might've been a pudge or maybe the Manning. I can't remember, but he was just working his way back. He was really good this fall um, with him. He's, he's a big guy. It's got some length, really big arm strength. It's just a matter of continuing to grow it into that, throwing more strikes and filling up the zone because the stuff like when it's in the zone, it's really hard to handle. Um, Kate Nelson, I mean, that Katie team just loaded with arms. And again, some of those guys like Kate didn't throw a lot last year because they had, um, you know, Lucas Moore, who was going to UTSA. Um, they had another guy whose name is Cole Cossie, who was going to Texas Tech. Like they had some veteran presence in that pitching staff. And then now you're looking at, okay, they've got Aiden Perrientes, they've got Kate Nelson. Uh, they got another guy that we'll talk about a little bit on this list as well, who's at Katie. So really low to pitching staff there. Um, and then Baron Man, it's like, lefty big overhand curveball um really took off this summer i mean he's a major potential breakup guy i think this spring 
Um, kind of reminds me a lot of, of David Ramirez. And I think it's just a matter of like filling up the zone more and, and really just, it might just be an example of like, he just kind of took off at the end of the summer and, you know, maybe we didn't see him as much as he was, that era was starting to point up, but he's, I think he's going to have a really big season at Arkyle. Um, So list here, a lot of, a lot of physical guys on this list, bigger guys um, that can, that can really do some damage on the mound, but a couple of hitters as well, like a guy like Rager. Yeah. Um, for a guy that we've always said is raw, he produces already. And that's a scary thought. Um, when you factor in him just playing more and, and growing into his body and, and developing, I mean, it's, there's a lot, there's a lot there, uh, both and both sides of the ball too, uh, because he, you know, he's been really good off the mound. Um, somebody's getting a really good two-way guy, yeah. um, soon. Uh, Jack Paris can really pitch, really competes. Um, a heartbreaker in recruiting. Uh, dad was dad was a Longhorn baseball player, so good get for A and M. They jumped on him really early, uh, but he's just competitive, man. He he just knows how to pitch. Um, fits into what uh new pitching coach Max Weiner wants to do, which is you know I think their mantras dominate the zone, and I think mm-hmm. that Jack fits that to a T. Um. Cooper Rummel, uh, physically, I mean, when we saw him pitch this summer, he looked, he, it was his first outing, like we talked about. Um, but man, he, he just looks like a middle linebacker. Um, and he, he's big, physical, throws hard. Um, you know, and like some of the other guys, like he's a guy that if he harnesses his stuff and consistently controls and commands it, uh, he's a guy that be way up this list. Um, he's, I mean, he, he looks the part for sure. There's, Mm. I mean, he looks like a middle linebacker and, um, you know, I think he attacks with that kind of stuff and, uh, has a big future ahead of him. Cade Nelson, um, my one note that I have from him just scrolling through some of his stuff the last couple of days was ball explodes. (laughs) So like, I, I mean, I just, you can see it from behind. You just like, sometimes it's hard to picture when people say the ball just explodes but when i watch his fastball take off like you you see what that means like it kind mm-hmm. of encapsulates what you're saying um uh, and then baron manis uh i think you touched on it he's got a chance to really shoot up this list um a lot of projection i'm really excited to see him um continue to get stronger and and see him throw in the in, a, in the five tool festival with argyle playing and you know, they're looking to reload, uh, lost, lost some guys off of last year's team, but still a lot of talent there. Uh, and, and I think he's going to be one of their main contributors on the mound this year. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be a fun group to watch for sure. Um, they definitely have some, some arms in that rotation. Uh, next five on the list led by Hogan Nelson, uh, outfielder from Trinity Christian heading to DBU, uh, Brie Latisal outfielder from Rockwall Heath. Also heading to DBU, um, Tanner Carson, who's currently uncommitted, um, infielder, third baseman from South Lake Carroll, um, Jacob Evans from Oak Ridge, right-handed pitcher, committed to Texas A&M, and then another uncommitted guy here, Connor Jones, uh, big right-handed pitcher from Concordia Lutheran. Um, Nelson just hits. He hit all summer, hit in the spring. He went to area code and had some of the best at-bats on that Rangers team. Um, I saw he was in that that power I forget the name of it, but that like power contest. I think they do it in Miami at that park. They're smacking home runs there. 
Um, just like the plate skills, the at bats, the the mental approach. Um, I'd be a surprise if he doesn't hit the next level. I know when he took off this summer, he had a lot of suitors um, that were trying to gain his commitment. Um, Lattisell, I was surprised when I saw him at how like fluidly he moved for a guy his age and size. Um, I think that he's listed like 6'3, 200, and like he could be like a like six foot four, like 230 kind of a guy at the next level, just a power hitter, but also lie on his feet that could, you know, profile well in the corner outfield spot defensively. Uh, just a really exciting guy physically and tools wise. And I, I'm anxious to see how he develops. Uh, Tanner Carson, he just looks like what you want a third baseman to look like, you know, the size, the actions, the bat speed, the power, um, the makeup. I mean, this is a guy that gets after it. I think he's got a great perspective uh, about the game, about development, about how to handle the ups and downs of the game and all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, really, really talented player. Um, and then Jacob Evans, kind of a unique slot release. Um, athletic guy. I mean, the fastball kind of jumps on you. It's quick. Um, he could spin a breaking ball as well. He's kind of reminiscent, I think, of Brody Walls in some ways. Um, you know, just kind of it's kind of a different look and it's easy and it kind of jumps on you. Um, you know, Texas AM did a really good job jumping on him early on because he was not like a very, very big famous name. Um, and then you know, really kind of took off and AM got in there and, and got him locked up. And then Connor Jones um, can really spin the breaking stuff. Um, the arm strength is there. Um, multiple breaking balls. Like this is a guy you get some data on him and you're like, whoa, okay, this is a little bit different than most high school guys. Um, I got to imagine there's a long list of guys that are, that are trying to get his commitment because uh, he checks a lot of boxes there that you look for, especially at this age. So uh, Concordia Luther, man, they just keep pumping out the talent. He's kind of one of those next guys in the line there that's going to be uh, a major dude on the mound for those guys. Yeah, uh, like this group a lot. Hogan Nelson, I mean, just a gamer, good baseball player, really showed well at area code, leveled up, I thought, um, and just produces. That's what mm -hmm. he does. Um, just a winner, gamer, you know, all the all the cliches you want to use. And another guy fit in that DBU mix, um, just – just think, I mean, just looking at the list of five that we have from DBU in this group, I mean, it's it's really good. Um, and then back to back with Brady Lasso, uh, his best best baseball is in front of him. Um, I I really like watching him play. I get to see him a lot, uh, being from Heath, and uh, I I just I'm I've always been impressed with him, and I think that that's only going to continue to grow. Uh, Tanner Carson, another one that we've talked about a lot, can really hit. Um, had him on our academic team. Um, a lot of people know him from his social media presence, and but he's a really good baseball player. Uh, really, really good baseball player. Has an idea of what he's trying to do at the plate, and as he continues to get stronger, it's going to be a dude. Uh, Jake Evans, um, he reminds me, you know, just because he's he's got the hair, he's a little bit funky. Uh, he reminds me of our guy Tobin, uh, Tobin SG. Okay, yeah, bit. yeah, I can see that, yeah. Um, but I know that AM was ecstatic to get him as part of their class. Um, you know, just the you know, he was a little bit under the radar, I radar, I think, and I think that um speaks a lot to uh the new the new staff's philosophy and looking for different things, like having uh having an understanding of what some of the analytics mean and how to take a guy with certain stuff and and utilize them or improve them. And 
I think Jake Evans is a guy that's going to have a lot of, a lot of really, um, a lot of upside, a lot of, uh, a lot of potential growth once he gets to A&M um, and may just absolutely take off because it's, it's funky. You know, I, I know that, you know, you've people probably heard me say it before, but the, those guys that are just different looks, they're tough. Um, mm-hmm. Especially if you get them in sh- short spurts or you just haven't seen them before um, they can really get on you. And then Connor Jones, like I said, really spin the, spin the ball. Um, and someone's going to get a, a good arm out of Concordia Lutheran with him. Next five on the list, Connor Udlin from Katy High School, big right-handed pitcher committed to Houston. Uh, Chris Gutierrez from Bridgeland, left-handed pitcher heading to DBU. Uh, Davis Perkins, South Lake Carroll, uh, legit two-way guy, right-handed pitcher and middle infielder um, heading to Oklahoma. Uh, Masa Chilcutt from Johnson down in the San Antonio area. Um, catcher infielder heading to Texas and then Cole Linklos from Concordia Lutheran. Um, le- another one of those legitimate two-way guys, um, middle infielder and right-handed pitcher committed to Baylor. Um, Udlin, very consistent performer. Um, you know, I think like Nelson and Barrientes, we have a little bit higher on the list amongst those Katie guys, but like, I don't know, we might look back in a year and like, yeah, it might've been, might have been a little wrong about that because I feel like Udlin was the one that kind of pitched a little bit more for those guys in the spring. But um, kind of reminiscent of Connor Jones, that's one of the reasons why they're so close together is they're they're very similar, similar size, um, similar stuff. Um, same name. You know, so yeah, arm speed, you know, same first name. Yeah, that helps as well. Um, so, yeah, another one of those guys that Katie is going to have poised for a big year. Um, Gutierrez, uh, some 89 miles an hour multiple times in the summer. Um, it's kind of one of those lower slot looks. The sliders really flash. The changeup can get whiffs. Um, another one of those guys that could really take off with some added strength and weight. Um, Davis Perkins, like, I thought that we were going to get to this and he was going to be kind of one of those guys that was still under the radar. Because um, I saw him in the summer in one of our events. I was like, man, this is – he was facing that Hawaii team um, in the pudge. And I was like, man, he's really performing, really athletic delivery, quick uh, quick arm, projectable frame there's spin field there's multiple pitches for a strike i was like this guy should be like a famous name um and then we saw him in the fall like play shortstop at a high level as well i was like man this guy is going to get through the fall and like kind of be still uncommitted and then oklahoma jumped on him pretty quick uh wisely um so a guy that that i really like there uh mouth to chill cut uh, undersized but like he's always performed always hit um, you know, you watch him catcher wise, it's a, it's a quick release back there. Um, the, the athleticism, the agility play well there. Um, I think he's a guy that long-term minded up at like second base. Um, but he, he runs well, especially for a catcher. He's a multiple time USA guy. Um, you know, just the guy that's always performed and always done at a high level. Um, and then Cole Lankler, speaking of performance, uh, he really hit like, all summer hardly ever struck out really hit i mean he hit against really good competition too like you talk to some people around the 12 program um and they'll tell you he was the most productive hitter in the summer um you know just everywhere they went the guy hit and hardly ever struck out and then he's he's really interesting on the mound as well so another really good sharp ad there by baylor um to get cole Lankos in there from concordia lutheran yeah um you know, it, it says a lot, like you talked about with Connor Udland, um, how much 
time he ended up getting on the mound and in some big spots um, for Katie. Uh, their projection there is obvious with mm-hmm. his frame. And I just, I like the way he pitches. Uh, Chris Gutierrez, a really good get for DBU on the mound. Um, you know, he's a guy projection wise might just take off as he continues to get stronger. Uh, Perkins, you know, another one of those two way type guys that we've talked about for Oklahoma. Um, just really athletic, really entertaining player to watch. And, um, he may just like absolutely take off. I mean, it's, they just come out of nowhere from Southlake. It seems like every, yeah, so many guys. Yeah. It's, it's every, every year they roll over and, and, and I always find it interesting. Like they, they rotate like almost nobody else around. Mm -hmm. And part of that is, is because of the, the amount of talent that they have, but yeah, those early season tournaments, they just shuttle guys in and out, move them around, play like it almost like not a and B team, but like shift one and shift two kind of, and just even guys like Ethan Mendoza were moving around uh, at times. So he's going to be fun one to track and watch in in the festival and early season up here. And uh, I think, Oh, you got a good one there. And then Masa, another guy that's kind of been on that USA circuit, Mm-hmm. Um, that always says a lot to me because I, I think that USA does a really good job of putting together teams um, as opposed to just taking a bunch of prospects. Yeah. So a guy that's had, you know, multiple uh, stints with, with USA always, that, that always tells me something. Um, and I, and I think that that's an, it's an impressive feat. I mean, for one, it means you're a good player. And two, if you've been asked back right. uh, multiple times, like, that just it, it says a lot about a, a guy's number one his ability and then his character and his willingness to you know play team baseball uh which i think is incredibly important at the college level um and then cole Lanclos, like you I, I remember i was trying to put together the uh the academic team for this year and we had his cousin and was trying to find out if we were you know if we were getting brothers or whatever and, and like they they do a good job of highlighting each other Mm-hmm. And so I was watching Jackson's highlights quite a bit and he was retweeting stuff about Cole and it's just like, man, this guy rakes. And um, so a, a good get for, for Baylor, like they, they've done a good job finding those guys that can really hit. And mm-hmm. I think Cole, Cole fits that category really well. Yeah. If you get asked back to team USA um, means you've performed means makeup wise, you check the box. Uh, Cause all those guys care about is winning. You know, yeah. it's, it's no, it's no showcase. It's no prospect collection. It's like, no, we need to build a team to go win uh, wherever we're playing. So that's always pretty right. telling the right. final five on our list. Uh, another USA guy, Dane Perry uh, and another undersized catcher from Friendswood headed to Texas tech. Uh, Jake Fultz shortstop from Jesuit in the Dallas area heading to Kentucky. Um, uncommitted right-handed pitcher from Episcopal Preston Sullivan. Uh, and recent uh, University of Houston commitment from Brownsville Lopez High School left-handed pitcher Hector Ari- Ariano. Ariano. Then, uh, yeah, I always screw those up. Uh, and then finally, last name on the list here, number 55, Mitchell Morton, a catcher committed to Xavier from Plano West. Perry is a lot like Masa Chilcutt. Like, I think the I think the one difference would be that I think Masa is a little bit of a better runner, um, you know, but like – Another one of those guys who just kind of hit everywhere, performed everywhere, a USA guy, like a Friendswood guy, like a lot of winning um, with, with Dane Perry, uh, who was the, one of our MVPs of the Pudge. Um, Jake Fultz, I know, is a guy that 
you know, asked around about him. You got some really strong makeup reviews about him. Had a big spring. Uh, I mean, don't listen for a second. Marcos paused. He hit a ball off Marcos paused. That went really far. It's like anytime you can hit a homer off a guy like that, that's pretty telling. So another Kentucky guy that they did, get a, did a good job of getting in and getting him. Uh, Sullivan saw him this summer. Emil became one of my favorites. Um, he's got two distinct dr- breaking balls. Both can miss the bats. Legitimate changeup feel. It's a strike-throwing delivery. Um, not like the projectable guy like a Connor Jones and those types of guys are that are kind of the bigger guys that are going to keep filling into their frame. But he's going to throw strikes and he's going to perform. He had some really big-time summer performances against some loaded, loaded teams. Um, and then Ariano, um, Houston just does an excellent job of recruiting South Texas. I feel like every year, like they'll get a guy from like Westlaco or like in this case, Brownsville, or they really do a great job of recruiting that area. And like, he was really interesting to me. And I started digging in and I was like, man, he's going to these college camps and bumping 91 and the slider is really good. And he throws a lot of strikes and I think he's a pretty good athlete. And I was like, man, this is going to be like a steal of a get for somebody. And then like two weeks later, he committed to Houston. Uh, it's a good get for those guys. And then Morton, I think, is is probably one of the better defensive catchers um, in the state, which really, really matters. I mean, just look in pro ball. Like, you can be a big leader for a long time and hit 220 if you can really catch. Um, good physical traits as well. Um, I think he was a guy that I believe was kind of coming back from injury in the summer, I think. I remember right. Um, but the bat, bat stands out, too. I think he's going to impact the baseball from the right side. But um all the catching stuff looks real and if you can really defend back there um chances are you're one of the better players in the state yeah uh going back to dane perry um he's just one of those guys that you know it's cliche but like give me a team full of dane perry's and i'm gonna win a lot win win a lot of games that matter um you know he plays on a loaded 12 team and he he just gives you that feel of kind of like guys kind of look to him um Mm -hmm. Talented players look to him uh, as kind of a field manager, a general type guy, and uh, great get for Tech. I mean, he's just a winner. That's just that's just what he does, and it's what he's done for a long time. Um, and going back to that USA's pedigree, like it just they seem to do a good job of picking guys like that. Uh, yeah, Fultz, you mentioned it. Super talented, um, good work ethic. Uh, a lot of athleticism, a lot there. Another really good get, like we talked about with Van Cleve. I mean, putting those two guys together in the same class for Kentucky's um, some really good uh, evaluation. Uh, they've, they're getting some some really plus players. Sullivan, like you mentioned, I mean, there's some really good, really good private school baseball in Houston. Houston um, is, yeah, it's really taken off the last few years. I mean, just look at the list of guys that we've, rattled off like pitchers from private schools in the Houston area. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, you know, you had Case and Evans this year, but like, let's see, going through the list, we got Cooper Fulbright. Um, let's see, Jackson Cotton uh, rolling through the list here. Um, Jack Paris at Kincaid. Uh, Connor Jones at Concordia Lutheran. There's a lot, there's some really good pitching in Houston that, um, in the private school ranks, but Preston Sullivan's just another one of those guys. Um, gets out, knows how to pitch. Stuff is good. Uh, lots of like there. Someone's going to get a really good player with him. Uh, Hector Ariana, like you mentioned, um, 
really good job of scouting. That's kind of what it comes down to finding those guys in, in spots that no one else sees, uh, but you can spin it and you can really pitch. Uh, and then Mitchell Morton, uh, not a whole lot of guys on this list that are, you know, poised to stay at catcher, I think. And I think yeah. he's going to be one that definitely does. And, you know, it's, it, for me, it's one of two spots where I don't care if he hit zero, but if you can really play defense, um, any offense you give me is is a plus. Yeah, because once I you see the downside of that, it's like, oh my gosh, like it just it it negatively impacts everything. You know, if you oh, don't have a guy back there that can catch, it's it, it cripples your team. It affects your pitching. It affects your defense. It's just it's just a drag. Like if you mm-hmm. don't have a if you don't have a catcher, it really brings down the. I mean, the morale of your team in some ways, like we, you know, we, we had one year where we had some injuries when I was at Texas and it was probably the most painful year to watch. Well, because I remember. We, had a, <laughs> we had a lot of guys that like, we had some good young arms that their growth was just stunted because we couldn't, we couldn't call a slider late in the count. And we had some really good young kids in the bullpen that like we took their, their fastball away, not literally their fastball, but their, their best, thing um and put tied one hand behind their back and they weren't allowed to pitch with it because couldn't catch it and um being able to really catch and throw is just such a weapon in the college game yeah um and you know i think mitchell does that as well as anyone in the state so uh glad we were able to get him on the list and excited to see him you know mentioned that the injury having him healthy and see what he looks like at this time next year it's going to be pretty exciting i think yeah plano west with him and, and james uh racing who's still in committed in that 2024 class i got a really good duo of catchers there and and i tried to be cognizant of that with this list is like like again the scarcity component like if you're a guy that like, like maybe there's a legit chance you could stick at catcher and, and really you know defend there at the next level i mean that sort of thing that matters and kind of see that illustrated with our with the next 55 list because there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight more catchers on there. Um, guys that are just, I think, are really interesting and might actually end up, you know, sticking there as well. Um, so it's just like you said, like it's it's really demoralizing if you don't have a good backstop back there that can that can really catch the baseball. But well, that wraps up the uh the debut list for the 2025 class in Texas of Fight Tool 55. Went through one through 55 on the list. Again, you can get to fivetool.org and we've got a lot of um written content. Obviously, the video, I mean, video and all these guys on their profile page, but um go through and read our breakdowns and things like that. And we'll have another episode for those next 55 guys, um, which will probably be a popular one with college coaches because there are a lot of uncommitted players um on that list. So uh, another one, really, of, one, really of, good group. one of our favorite guys, no names mentioned, but one of our favorite guys uh, reached out after your uncommitted um, article the other day and was like, hey, 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 tell him to take that down. We're working on a few of those guys. <laughs> so, uh, Well, I hope they're working on there. There's a couple in particular that were on there that I've been kind of scratching my head about. Like, uh, I don't understand why this this isn't taking off more. But uh, yeah, so. Uh, I know people are still working on those 2024 groups, but uh, the 2025, I mean, a ton of uncommitted players um, on this next one. But uh, I know we've gone long, but before we get out of here, it's it's a big it's a big football week. 
where are you at? Um, have you, how much have you cursed the committee? Like, you know, everything I, on, everything on the X machine right now is just like people campaigning for attention from the committee about this or that, or this resume, this or resume that. Da, 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 da. So where, where are you at? What, what, how do you think things are going to shake out after this weekend? Um, I hate when things don't make sense. Uh-huh. And, um, Partially, this is coming as a homer, but partially, it's just like the list in general. Like, I I don't understand it, uh, to be honest. Um, and you know, I, I as a as a Texas football fan, um, you know, I think the issue that a lot of people seemingly have is with Oregon. Mm-hmm. Um, and my thing with with the Oregon argument is, hey, if if you if they go out and beat Washington, Vince they're only lost and look good doing it on Friday night. If you if you told me on Sunday or Monday that you were jumping Texas because of that, I think I can get there. I don't like it clearly, but I can get there. But I don't understand at this point, like just looking at all the metrics, all the data points, I just don't understand how you can have them ahead of Texas currently. Um, and again, like you want to say the eye test, you know, like they're not, you know, when they list, when you list off their good wins, they have Oregon State. That's it. I mean, you, they, they keep including Utah, unranked Utah, which they beat using their third string with, with a third, third string quarterback playing against them. So, um, I, you know, have they beaten teams pretty bad? Yes. Do they look good? Yes. But I think from a resume standpoint, I just don't understand how they are ahead of Texas today. Um, from just looking at everything out there, whether it's strength of schedule, best win, blah, 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 blah. I, I don't get that part. Uh, usually these things take care of themselves. Um, I, I'm curious to see what happens to your beloved Seminoles mm. um, because I like, I mean, realistically, do you think that if they win, do you think that they have a chance against anybody in the final four? Uh, it would depend on the matchup. Um, because like they came out with odds yesterday and it looked like they were like yeah. double digit well, before, before that, here's my, my deal with Oregon. So if Oregon and Texas play tomorrow, who's going to be favored? I don't know. It'd probably be Oregon by about a touchdown. By a touchdown, that's wild yeah. to me. So okay. that, like, so that's kind of the little like if you if you stack up their resumes, the Texas resume to me is is better without hesitation. But like then people are talking about the best four teams deal, and it's like, well, if you look at the if you look at the metrics and what the stuff that Vegas uses and how they set lines and stuff, like they would be, they would be a pretty considerable favorite over Texas. Like they'd be a favorite over anyone besides, I think Georgia would be like a pick them or a one pointer. And then Michigan would probably be the same. So it's like, you have that on one hand, you have the resume, but then you have the strength or what a best team component, everyone to call it. So like I was going through looking, their offense, Oregon's offense, according to like the average of FEI and S and P plus. Yeah. yeah. 
since 2007, there's only been four other offenses that have higher ratings than, than what they have right now. Um, so it's like a pretty, and like, I've watched them some and like, I didn't realize it was that, that good. Um, but I mean, that's just kind of the numbers just, just love them. Um, so it's like, you know, everybody's kind of up in arms about Oregon. It's like, Oh, and they're like, Oh, Texas over Florida state. You got to get the best four teams in. It's like, well, if you want the best four teams in, that's probably why the committee might have Oregon ahead of Texas right now. Um, but I, I thought initially that Louisville was going to beat Florida state, but now the weather has got a chance to be kind of wet and rainy. Uh, and uh. I don't think that helps Louisville because what they do is man, they spread you out. They get you in these bad situations where there's like all this space and one-on-one da, da, da. like, I mean, they don't have much of a defense, but they can put up some points and it's like, okay, if they get out to a lead, you know, can Florida state chase that with Tate Rodemaker, but like, would Florida State have a chance against Georgia? I don't think so. Um, other like Oregon, I just think Oregon would score so many points, it would just be tough. Um, but Michigan, yeah, like I just haven't been that impressed. The numbers love Michigan, love Michigan. Like they've got Michigan clear of everybody pretty substantially. But like I watch them, I'm just like. They haven't played anybody. I mean, besides Ohio State, like they didn't really play anybody. And it's like, I don't know. But the thing is, like, if Florida State goes undefeated, you if you keep them out of the playoff, you're effectively saying nothing matters in the regular season. Like nothing. Like that winning doesn't winning doesn't matter to an extent. Um well, they need it, like they knew they just do a very poor job. I think of articulating how they get yeah. to where they, so it's get. all subjective, but I also think too, like, I feel like they just kind of, this is a dog and pony show until the end where it's like, okay, the, like let's like, this matters now. Like let's really sit down. So I think that one thing Texas fans aren't considering is that like, I do think that they bump conference champions. Like once you win your conference, it's a, it's different than like at this point where you're just playing for a conference champion. Like, okay. That sort so of, that sort if, of thing matters. If you, if you are a Texas fan, who are you rooting for this weekend? If you're, what's the path for Texas to get in? Because I have, Louisville, I have Louisville, been, obviously. Yeah, they're, they're, they have no chance if no chance for Texas if Florida yeah. State wins. Um, considering where things stand with the t- caliber of teams that are still playing for conference titles, yeah. I think, I don't. I think if Georgia loses, I don't think they get in. Because you're so gonna have I've I've flipped on that. winner is gonna be legitimate enough to get in. The the what Big Ten, the Pac 12. Okay. Like between Oregon and Washington. Okay. Whoever wins so, that, like, is a legitimate compared to a non-conference title winner, you know, like the cleanest to me, the cleanest path for Texas to get in is obviously FSU losing, mm-hmm. but then Georgia winning and then Washington winning. That's the clearest path to me. Because then that gives you yeah. a two-loss Oregon. They're out. Yeah, they're out. It gives yeah. you a two-loss Bama, who you beat. They're out. Yeah. And then that's the cleanest path to me. At this time last week, it when I still thought that they would have Oregon and Texas closer together, I would have said that I would I would root for Alabama to beat Georgia. Yeah. Thinking that you could do have a scenario where Texas and Bama 
bump Oregon out. Mm-hmm. But I, that's not going to happen clearly anymore. So the cleanest path, like I think, like just re- getting as many one loss teams out of the way as you picture. can. Yeah. No, that makes is, perfect sense. Is going to be the best route for Texas. Um, just as I don't trust them to not put Georgia in there. Just like yeah. I'm not convinced that they won't, they wouldn't take Alabama over Texas if it was a four and five seed. That would, that would be tough to swallow. Yeah. Like I, um, like I said, I, I, I can live with them putting Oregon ahead of Texas, mm. assuming they beat Washington and look good doing it. Like I, I can, I don't like it, but I can get there. But I just, to this point, I don't, I don't see. How yeah. And the that. thing about this Alabama team too, is usually when Alabama is in this situation, you could play the game where, well, let's hear the projected betting lines and Alabama's favored over everyone. And that this is not that group. Like it's, they wouldn't be favored over Texas. Um, they wouldn't be favored over um, Oregon. Definitely not over Oregon. Definitely not over Michigan. Like they wouldn't even be favored. I think over Ohio State on a neutral field. Like so, they don't have that kind of feather in their cap. Was like, oh, the best four teams kind of do. maybe from the talking heads, but like if you actually look at the data, it's it's not that kind of an Alabama team anymore. So yeah, no, I think that makes sense. Like clear clear as many one loss candidates out of the way as possible. So you just have your undefeateds and then your best one loss team. Um, so it'll be that SEC game is going to be fascinating. Cause like, <laughs> I think Nick's what Nick Saban's never yeah. lost in that stadium. I think he's like it, 10 hey, and one in SEC title games or something like that. What this has to be the most watched or paid attention to ACC championship game ever. Right. Has to be. Yeah, because they've never been in a situation where there was this this much on the line. Like w- when Clemson was really really good, Clemson wasn't getting challenged by. Well, it was, like, it, it was going to be like the Big Ten this year. Yeah, like and, and it, you knew what was going to happen. It wasn't even going to be a game. Yeah, I just I, I wonder if if like I'm sure Florida State is aware of the conversation. You know, like it'd be kind of different if they were rolling in, into there and nobody was really talking about whether they were worthy or not. Um, but yeah, if you look at recent ACC talk, well, oh, and that they had that one year in 2020 where Notre Dame played in it against Clemson. Um, but yeah, other than that, it's just like there hasn't really been a time where people have like really locked into like, man, this matters so much for the big picture. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It'll be, uh, you know, Texas. What's your, just, what, what, what do you think the final four is going to be end up being? I think it is going to be – I think it's going to be Georgia, Michigan. Georgia, Michigan, Oregon, and Florida State. Oh. Okay, so it's coming down – four seeds coming down to Texas versus Florida State. Yeah, I think. Okay. I think. Okay. But that, that game is – that's going to be – that's going to be tough. That's a tough matchup. They really spread you out. Like, um, yeah, we'll see. But it's just it's just fascinating for for Florida State to go in that and knowing that everybody's like, ah, we don't think you're good enough to be in the playoff. You know, like it's just that extra motivation layer. Just like Texas, like you can't tell me that Texas, when they saw Sark didn't get Coach of the Year and that Gundy got it, that wasn't just all over that locker room, like. 
I hope it was, but like I, you can also, I mean, it's easy to. It was. It's game. oh, dude, they played the your Mac comments on repeat. Like it's like it's, it was it was gonna be in there. Like the five tool podcast has even provided a locker room content in the past. So you can't tell me the the Sark snub for coach of the year um, didn't play in there as well. So. Um, yeah, well, uh, it's it's especially weird for me because I have a bunch of obvious a bunch of friends that graduated from Texas and I'm like in several text groups and they're all talking about how they need Florida State to lose. I'm just like, hey, how's it going? Here. Go yeah. Knowles. Like, <laughs> and I'm I'm going to be at a wedding again, like while a Florida that State sucks. going on. Oh, God, I might have to delete Twitter before I before I go to the wedding. Uh, just to make sure. So uh, a, a jam-packed day of, of of college football. And the Steelers fired Matt Canada and immediately had a 400-yard game on offense. Things are kind of looking up there. So, you know. Cowboys I'll- tonight. Cowboys tonight. Jackson Smith and Jigba was home last night in Rockwall. So Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You still trying to get him some eligibility, stick him in there Saturday in, in Texas uniform? <laughs> I take it. I take it. <laughs> Uh, well, thanks for tuning in to episode, a long episode of, of the Five Tool Podcast, episode 135. You can follow us at Five Tool Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Um, went through our Five Tool 55 debut list for the 2025 class. And we'll pick up the discussion next time with that those next 55 guys who just missed that list. Um, you got anything else before we get out of here? Uh, no. No. Hope we'll be – next time we talk to you, we'll know our playoff fate, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see. We haven't had that chaos day yet in college football. So, like, maybe it's just, like, been – I don't know. Usually at this point of the year, there's been a chaos day where a bunch of teams get wiped off the map. Um, so, maybe that maybe that happens this Saturday, but we'll see. Uh, all right. I uh, hope everyone had a good Thanksgiving. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Until we talk to you all next time, take care.